I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. Six book series into the rabbit hole. One of the busiest men in the podcast game. You name a podcast, he's probably been on it. He he does everything from from numerology to astrotheology and basically everything in between. Um, and what we'll talk about tonight is uh, astrotheology. He's going to take us through a presentation he's done and buckle up because it is. If if you're not familiar with this, it's going to open up your eyes to quite a few things. So uh, with that said, welcome, Mr. Micah Dank. How you doing? I'm good, man. Can you see me okay? Yeah, it's it's a little dark. All right. Hold on. I appreciate the intro. Uh, thanks for picking up the books. Um, <clears throat> basically, what I'm going to do, the presentation today, I've done a bunch of times before. But what I have not done is I've added like seven or eight slides to it and i haven't done that yet so i'm gonna do it the first time here tonight that's cool man i'm excited to hear it yeah i'm pumped i got your books because one of the things that's in your books that's so you know is in line with my show is who's hiding the information right and and look just looking looking through them real quick and it was you know you hit on everything that i like in in those from the jesuits to the vatican to the you know rosicrucians and knights templar to even like the pandemic. And then, you know, the latest one that you put out there with the Bible and astrotheology and some ancient knowledge. And, you know, that stuff is just fascinating because before I, I ever saw, you know, what the interesting thing about the pandemic, you know, you know what the thing about the pandemic is the pandemic, Pangea's pandemic, my fourth book. What's that? I wrote it in 2017. Get out. I wrote that's, it in 2017. I didn't wow. write it after this pandemic. That's, that's important. Was it just one of those offhand? It was. It came to you, and you decided to write it, or? Yep. Yep. Wow. How it has to do with the global. Flu. Huh? It has to do with the. It has to do with the global flu vaccine too. Wow, you were spot. You're like Nostradamus over here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to dig into them. And anyone that's listening, I highly recommend Micah's books. You know, reach out to him directly on Instagram, and he will. Uh, He'll get it. He turned them around to me in a day or two. So I, I highly recommend those. Get your hands on them. And there's five out of the six are out now. The six will be coming out eventually. In like three weeks. Oh, great. I'll be one of the first in line. Thanks, man. All right. So this is astrotheology in the Bible. For those who don't know what astrotheology is, it's basically the mythology surrounding the Zodiac. And you see the Zodiac wheel here at the bottom. And this is how the Zodiac wheel looks. 
with Cancer at the top, Aries at the left, Libra at the right, and Capricorn at the bottom. This is what the Zodiac wheel looks like. Okay, and what we can do, let's do this. Hold on. Is that better? Perfect, yep. Lascaux Caves. 40,000 years ago, the, the Lascaux Caves had paintings that were um, they had paintings that were dated 40,000 years old, okay? So what it is, there's caves in Lascaux, France. That's why they're called the Lascaux Caves. And some explorers went into it and they went deep into the back of it. And when they went back there, they saw this. And on the left top, you see the bull. On the right, you see the many faces of the lion. And on the bottom, you see the horse. Now in astrology, the bull is Taurus, the lion is Leo, and the horse is Sagittarius. So what they did was they carbon dated this wall. And it came out to about 40,000 years, plus or minus 5,000 years. What they then did was they brought an astronomer and an astrologer with a computer. And what they did was they rewound the sky back to where they were located in Lascaux. And they wanted to see what the sky looked like 40,000 years ago. When they printed it out and superimposed it onto the wall, all the constellations were where they were 40,000 years ago. So we've understood for 40,000 years the zodiac, okay, as it is with minor changes along the way. Okay, there's questions you can ask in the Bible. Okay, questions such as how was Jesus able to heal the blind? How he walked on water? How he turned water into wine? Why he had 12 disciples? Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas? Why he was dead for three days? Why is his birthday on December 25th? All of this is astrology. And I'm going to explain it. We're going to make sense of it. Genesis 1.14. Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and the years. And that's basically what the Zodiac is. That's what the Zodiac does. Is it marks the days, the seasons, and the years. So the first sign I talk about is Aquarius. We're going to go through the 12 signs now. You can stop me if you want to interject at all. Okay, will do. First sign I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. So whenever you hear words like son of man, man, baptism, of course, baptism, because this is how you, the picture on the right, this is how you baptize someone. Water pitcher, fountain, stream, river, pond, things of that lake, things of that nature, water nature, they're talking about Aquarius. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. So whenever you're talking about Levethian, fish, water, they're talking about Pisces. So you got Aquarius and Pisces that can both be used to designate water. Then Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day. It's a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or in astrotheology, it's the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. Now, in Christianity, the passing over is changed, and it's called the resurrection of God's sun. Now, Easter and Passover both take place in Aries. Okay? So you have the resurrection of the sun, and you have the Passover. Now, of course, in religion, the Passover is the Jews leaving in Exodus, leaving Egypt, the 10th plague. God passes over Egypt, and anybody who doesn't have the lamb's blood, interestingly enough, the ram, the lamb's blood, smeared on their doorframe, gets judged. Okay, and, they, and the firstborn son gets killed. So then Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra, which we'll get to. 
So the ancients, now we have technology that does this for us now. We don't rely on bulls to plow anymore, but the ancients did. The ancients had to use the bull to plow. So when you look at the sky and you see the bull, you have to put the plow on the bull on earth. It's as above, so below. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, they're talking about Taurus. And then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. So whenever they're talking about twins or brothers, they're talking about Gemini. Oh, that's like then the movie Cancer is the off. crab and it's that's the, we'll from the movie that. Faced Off. They had, yeah, okay. Yep. I was wondering where that... That's interesting. Now, Cancer is the crab. It's a sideways moving creature. So just as the sun rises a degree on its axis starting on December 25th, it stops on June 21st. Then for three days, it rises to the same degree, moving sideways. Then on June 25th, it lowers a degree. Okay? The crab in ancient Egyptian times was known as the scarab. So... The, the beetle. So whenever you hear crab or beetle, they're talking about cancer. So I say St. Augustine called Jesus the good beetle. Okay. Then Leo is the king, the lion, the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you're talking about lion, lioness, cub, you're talking about Leo. The kingdom of heaven on earth is the sun in Leo because it's in its rightful place. The sun is in Leo. The, the sun's rightful home is Leo. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember before when you said that you plant in Taurus, well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, or barley, mustard seed, for example, they're talking about Virgo. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. The Jews always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. Libra is also wine season, which when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you can press the wine here. So whenever you hear law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, wine, vineyard, wine press, or olive oil, because the olives are pressed in Libra too. Okay? All those words. Okay? Lawly things. Uh, wine, grape-related things. Oil, olive oil or oil related things. They're talking about Libra. Then Scorpio is the scorpion. He's known as the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like two lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. That's where that comes from. It's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss, because Judas represents Scorpio and Jesus represents the sun. So the sun is judged in Libra. It's betrayed in Scorpio, and finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun, okay? This is where the sun dies. Why? Because on December 21st, the sun is at its lowest point. It cannot rise any lower. It's dead. It's the dead of winter. It remains at the lowest level for three days, which is why Jesus was dead for three days. And then on December 21st, 25th, the birth of God's sun, it rises another degree and starts to make its way on top. So just so we're clear, this is this, what the sun does. December 25th, it rises a degree. The next day, it'll rise an additional degree. The next day, an additional. And it continues to do this till it hits June 21st, the height, the summer solstice. Walk sideways for three days like the crab walks sideways. June 25th, drops a degree. Continues to drop a degree every single day. Hits December 21st, the sun is dead. Walks sideways for three days again. And then comes back to life December 25th. That's what our sun does. Okay, so whenever you hear horse, bow, arrow, spear, horseman, the four horsemen, for example, they're talking about Sagittarius. 
whenever there's a death, it's always in Sagittarius because during the year, that's when there's a death. The birth is December 25th. The death is December 21st. Okay. And finally, you have Capricorn, the goat, because he likes to climb the mountain. Well, that's simple enough. If you look at the zodiac wheel, Capricorn's at the bottom. And if you watch the sun climb a degree a day every single day, it starts to climb up the mountain in Capricorn, just like the goat. You ever see a goat climb a mountain? It's wild, man. They can climb anything. With like a two-inch wedge. It's insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen goats okay. where they, it doesn't even look like it looks like it's a, you know, a perfect flat and they're climbing it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. OK, so now we're going into names for Jesus, the names for Jesus given in church. OK, these are his nicknames and it's all celestial and they don't teach you this in, in church or in the Sunday school. When the sun is in Capricorn, the goat, his name is the scapegoat of Israel. When Jesus is in Aquarius, the sun is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man. When he's in Pisces, the two fish, he's the fisherman of men. It's also why he could feed the masses with two fish. When he's in Aries, the ram, he's known as the lamb of God or the good shepherd. When he's in Leo, he's known as the lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st, and it's also why he's worshipped on the Sunday. Whereas the Jews uh, go back to Saturnalia worship, which is why they worship on the Saturn or the Saturday. But the Christians, they worship on the Sunday because he's the sun. Now, if you look at this picture of Jesus on the left, you're going to see four, four distinct things that you could find for any picture if you Google him. You're going to find the sun behind his head. You'll find the two fingers up like this. You'll find the heart outside the body. The heart is always outside the body. And you'll find the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart. The sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. They did the same thing with Horus. If you look at hieroglyphs of Horus, it's always the sun behind his head. Okay? The two fingers up are an ancient comedic peace sign. So this is the ancient Egyptian peace sign that was borrowed. Okay? This is where it comes from. This right here is the British victory war sign. The fingers are separate, okay? It's not a peace sign. This John Lennon peace sign. It's not a peace sign. This is the initial peace sign, okay? Now, the white Jesus picture is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Rodrigo Borgia, his father, uh, Pope Alexander VI, bought his way to the papacy, okay? Before then, there was no picture of him, and it was decided that his son would be the face of, okay? Now, something happened, in the mid-1500s, when Pope Alexander VI was residing, okay, the printing press came out. So they were able to mass-produce this so that everybody could see this. But before then, there was no picture of Jesus. Now, the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart, wrapped around the heart on the outside represents the rays of the sun. Jesus died with the crown of thorns on his head. Jesus is the sun. The sun's behind his head. And the crown of thorns represents the sun's rays. The heart outside the body represents the human toroidal field. It's a torus field, which if you were to actually look at it, it's an, it's an electromagnetic chemical gradient that extends outside your body six feet. That's why all the elites are trying to keep you six feet apart right now is so that you can't interact with one another, even on a submolecular level. The torus field looks like an apple, okay? But basically, if you've ever had somebody come up behind you, you always know there's someone there because they broke your toroidal field. It's not a sixth sense. It's just what it is. Okay. 
This is the picture of Jesus on the left. And this is Caesar Borgia on the right. You can see where it comes from. Now you said, was this, this was around the, in the 1500s, they, they right. produced this? The mid 1500s, yes. That, that's amazing because that's right around when the Jesuits came out or came to yep. be. Oh. Which I get into in my first two books. Oh yeah, I've done I've done a couple podcasts on them, and and I plan to do some more because they they just have their claws in everything. Right, they they have a white pope now. They have a white pope and a black pope now. Yep. And I talk about the black pope in the second book. And and the um, white the white pope right now right is Jesuit. So yep. yeah, you're it, it's it's amazing. Now they have it. It's almost too coincidental as to why things are so chaotic right now right it's almost like they put their plan in full motion right now because they have all that control in the vatican right okay now proverbs sixteen eighteen. okay pride comes before the fall okay what do christians or what do literal people take that to mean The pride comes before the fall. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's not, usually it's related to lions, right? With the pride. Well, that's what it is now. This is taken to mean that your ego will be your downfall. Yeah. However, okay. a group of lions is called pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the fall. Oh, wow. Micah 5-2. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old from times. However, Bethlehem is two words in Hebrew. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So the house of bread. Each zodiac sign is called a house. This is Virgo with the wheat stalk. That's the house of bread. Virgo, the virgin. So when he says the Savior will come from Bethlehem, what he's really saying is the Savior will come from a virgin. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Now, the next one is from the next one is from Deuteronomy. Now, I've given you all the keywords already that you need to know to decode this. Okay, but I've already highlighted the words, so just follow along. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky grounds. Olive oil is Libra. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flocks. He gave them lambs, which is the ram, Aries, and goats, which is Capricorn. They had the best rams, which is Aries, from Bashan, and the finest wheat, which is Virgo, the wheat stalk. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. That's Virgo. I mean, Libra. Sorry. The wine is Libra. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. That's Taurus, the bull. Now, there's two that I didn't go over. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In the sign of Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. So that's where the honey comes from. Okay? And look from the flock. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy. Okay? The Milky Galaxy center is in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's the land of milk and honey. It's not a literal place on Earth. Wow. So this is all, wow, that's amazing how it all ties to the stars. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. So look at the zodiac on the left and follow along. Passover takes place in Aries, right? That's on the left. 
Right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Olives are in Libra. So you walk across. They are opposing signs. They're in Libra and they're waiting for Judas to betray him. And the betrayer is Scorpio, which is the next sign over. You're going to see a lot of this. It's across and over. That's the pattern that you'll see. That's how they've done this. Now, while in Libra, he gave the parable of the true vine, or you could say vineyard or wine press or whatever. They're talking about Libra still. So it's Aries, goes across the Libra. They're waiting for Scorpio. While in Libra, he gives the parable of the true vine. This is how we're going to start decoding things when we get to the Gospel of Matthew, okay? I like it. it, it yeah, it, it makes sense, though, you know, how they would. I mean, that's really the only thing they had to base things off back then, right? It's like, right. like they used the stars to travel, everything, especially the North Star. Exactly. So the first living, this is Revelation 4, 7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on Earth. Its evolved form is the eagle, which is the highest flying form of life on Earth. The eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. Okay, What is the phoenix? The phoenix is the story of Jesus. It's basically a sun, a flaming ball that dies, and then it's reborn after a short period of time. That's the idea behind Jesus. That's the idea behind the sun, what it does, what I've explained already. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. They're fixed because they're fixed in their seasons. Okay, Leo is dead of summer. Taurus is the dead of spring. Aquarius is the dead of winter. And uh, Scorpio, or the eagle, is the dead of fall. Now, lion, Leo, man, Aquarius, those are opposing signs. Ox, Taurus, eagle, Scorpio, those are opposing signs. If you trace it on the Zodiac wheel that I've given you right here, excuse me, it makes an X through the wheel. It's a perfect alignment. That's what they were talking about in this passage. There weren't four literal creatures with different heads in the heavens. That's not what they're talking about. This is what they're talking about. And you have to understand the cipher in order to break it down. Now, Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's a metaphor. If the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. Right? If the sun is out, the moon is down. If the moon is up, the sun is down, right? Another yep. sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. This is the constellation Draco on the left. You see its tail? It's enormous. It goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the sign, or one third of the stars out of the sky. This is just star poetry. That's all this is. Wow. Okay, yeah. so there's not gonna be a giant, there's not gonna be a giant woman in the sky with a giant dragon across from her breathing fire. That's not what happened. This is this is just star poetry. Okay. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry-picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. Let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. So what we're coming up to right now is the story of Job. Are you familiar with it? Yes. 
Can you explain to the listeners who Job was and what the story is about? Well, Joe, I, I know of the story, and Joe, Job was. Uh, now, now I'm having a freeze here. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me think. Oh man, go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm having a brain freeze right now. So he's he was a righteous dude. He was a righteous guy who had land, who had animals, who had family, and he was uh, he was very uh, he praised God, and Satan comes up to God and says, "If you take away." his riches and everything that he has, he'll curse you. So God takes the bet and he says, he says to Satan, he says, you can take away whatever you want. You just cannot take his life. So little by little, his family gets sick. They start dying. His animals run away or they get sick. He loses his house, you know, and he's sitting on a rock one time and he's screaming out to God. He's saying, why me? Why this? You know, he doesn't curse him, but he's asking him. So God replies to him. What I'm going to read you is God's words. Now, remember, people believe that these are God's direct words. Okay? But I'm going to show you how it's just astrology. The first and, sentence I... And is that, that's the difference between taking the words literally versus taking it as figuratively or symbolically, right? Exactly. I'm going to read you the first sentence of each one. And you're going to, you're going to look at it and just be like, God's just talking about his animals that he lost. Do you know what to do with these animals? But it's not just that. Okay, so Job 38, 32. God first says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth is the Zodiac. In Hebrew, the word Maseroth means Zodiac. Maseroth over time becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazaltov. And you know how old that word is. Okay, so you can only imagine how old Maseroth is. Mazaltov means good fortune from the stars. So what's the Lord's challenge to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Okay, those are obvious metaphors. Yep. Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above. The bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the, where the doe bears her fawn? Mariga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's Acellus borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It lasts at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy from the sword, shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. That's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is a Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? And I made mention of this earlier, that Levethian was the fish god. So that's Pisces. As you can see, the first sentence in all of these, he's asking about animals. But if you dig deeper into it, he's talking about the constellations that they knew about at the time. Okay, so this is a metaphorical conversation between God. It's not his literal word. It's a metaphorical conversation to Job about, do you understand your Maseroth, first of all? Do you know the 12 zodiac signs? And then do you know all these additional stars? And that's that's what's amazing, because the, when you look at it, you know, literally, it doesn't seem to make much a whole lot of sense. But then you look at it this way and, and, and the way you 
just portrayed it, whereas he's asking him, do you know your stars? Do you understand the sky? Do you understand the universe that's around you? And, and it gives a whole different meaning to it. Right. Absolutely. So what do you think so far? Oh, this is mind blowing. I, and I, I've seen, you know, this before and it's still, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's so fascinating because so many people take the Bible literally right? As, as God's word speaking directly, rather than using metaphors, which give it so much more depth, you know, and it's, it's, this stuff is mind blowing. So we had some questions at the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the podcast that I asked, right? Yep. These, how Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, if he's the S O N, the living flesh, God flesh. The blind man comes up to him and Jesus touches him in the eyes, right? Touches him in the eyes. And then the man is able to see. But the sun does the same thing right now. The sun just went down behind me. Okay. I lost my sight. Okay. When the sun comes up in the morning and it illuminates and it touches my eyes, I can see again. How we walked on water. You ever gone fishing on a lake in the, as the sun was setting over it and you could see the sun walk on water? I am not a fisherman. <laughs> Have you ever seen a sun on a body of water as the sun's going down? Yeah, yeah. You can see how the sun walks on water. And it, yeah, it looks like a, almost like spider, right? It's it's got the lay all the rays are spread out. Right. So how he turned water into wine. Do you know why God is considered a man and Mother Earth is always considered a woman since the beginning of time? No, why? It has to do with God's sacred fluid. In Hebrew, the word is shemen. We get the word semen from it. Okay? The rain. You're talking about the rain from the sky. God's sacred fluid, his shemen, comes down from the heaven and impregnates Mother Earth. And from her belly, vegetation and life grow. That's why she's the woman and he's the man. It's a sacred fluid. Okay. So you plant in Taurus, right? Your people showers bring May flowers. That's in Taurus. It rains and it rains and it rains. And finally, in, it rains constantly. And finally, when you hit uh, September, October, in Libra, you pick the grapes, you crush the wine. That's how you turn God's water into wine. Makes sense. It's not a parlor trick. It's just, it's just you follow a process. Why he had 12 disciples, we went over that. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we went over that. Why he was dead for three days, we went over that. Why his birthday on December 25th, we went over that. Like I said, this is all astrology. Now, let me give you another example, too. I told you that Judas was Scorpio, right? There's yep. a disciple named Simon Peter. You familiar with him? No. You've never heard of Simon Peter? I've heard of him. I, I'm not familiar with the whole story. You know, I, I, I've read the Bible, but well, not he, to he, the extent. Right. Well, all these, zodiac, all these characters represent a different zodiac sign. I'm just going to give you one more example. Simon Peter. His name was Simon, but Jesus called him Peter. So why did he call him Peter? Because that's not a name. You, you know, my name is Mike. Some people call me Mike. But Simon and Peter, don't, they don't mesh. Why? Well, Peter, Simon, was a fisherman. So which sign is the fish? That's Pisces. You know what the real planet of Pisces is? No. It's Jupiter or Jew Peter. 
Ah, okay, Jupiter. Yep. So all these twelve disciples, they have a different sign assigned to them. It doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages in the Bible that could be decoded this way. We're going to go through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs. Okay? Let's go. Now on the left is pictures of the Zodiac so you can follow along. Okay? So when I talk about an area, when I talk, when I read the right, you're going to look at the left and see the area that I highlighted. This right here, this Saturn Cancer right here, this is June 21st. Now, Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. <clears throat> Each gospel begins at one of the four major points of the zodiac and ends at one of them as well. The two solstices and the two equinox, when connected, form a cross, which I'll show you later. This is known as the cross of God's son. The kingdom of heaven is Leo, who's ruling planet of the sun. It's the only sign that the sun rules over. So the closest major point that it can start is June 21st. So that's where this starts. This is the firmament right here. You see between the dividing lines that I've highlighted? Yep, right between Cancer and Leo. This is the firmament. This is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. The firmaments are the dividing lines between signs. Now, the next passage, Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of it. Cancer being the head is why he eats the wild honey. In Cancer, there's a star cluster called the beehive cluster. Bees produce honey. Makes sense, right? Yep. You see the head in Cancer, the mouth is in Cancer. That's why he eats it. Now go a little bit lower on the Zodiac, you're a Gemini, where his hands and his chest are. His clothes are made out of camel hair, or the constellation Camelopardalis, Camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. A little lower on the body, you get his midsection, which is where you'd wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull, and the female is the cow, which is where you would get the leather. Regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So it's all right there. So next would be the baptism. Now, how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign to signify the baptism? You would go across the Zodiac. Cross signs, as they are known, are the signs opposite locations. For example, Aries and Leo, Libra are cross signs. This is very important. The signs, two most important signs are its neighboring sign and its cross sign. This is encoded in the book as well. Here, as I show you on the left, is how we see it makes a leap from one firmament to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decrease a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why St. John's Day is exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. Now, the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going back to the Cancer Leo firmament, which is right here, as you can see, of July 24th. Well, this is simple. He's tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil. Well, what's 40 days from July 24th? It takes you to September 2nd. That's Virgo. That's right in the middle of Virgo. Okay? Wow. Virgo is the lady with the weed stalk. That's the bread. 
So what's the next passage? The devil says, Matthew 4, 3, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is inverted. The next passage, Matthew 5, 17 and 22, I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you are at the firmament, it could be used on either side. This could be used to talk about bread, or it could be used to talk about what it's actually talking about now, law and judgment. Libra, the scales are a law, who judges the sun before its descent into fall and winter. Okay, Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Once again, this being from between Virgo and Libra to switch back to Virgo. Matthew 7, 15, 16, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, and can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? The sheep are the ram in Aries, and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, these are opposing signs. Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he is right beside the lake where the two water signs. Get it? He's beside the lake. Those two signs represent water, so he's beside them. Yep. Its cross sign is Leo Virgo firmament. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk, the grains. Isn't it ironic that Jesus' next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? You see how it all lines up? Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Now, moving right along, next is the fishing parable. So now we go back across from Leo Virgo to Aquarius and Pisces. The fishing net parable, that's Pisces. Gemini is a sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer. How do we know this? Now look at the sign right there. You see the little uh, dividing line between Gemini and Cancer? Yes. Follow its cross sign. What's its cross sign? You're going to get between Capricorn and Sagittarius. Exactly. And do you know what day that is? No. What is that? December 21st. And what is December 21st? That's the, that's the day of the death. That's the, the day know. of the death. Want to yeah. know what the next passage is? The next story is the death of John the Baptist. It wow. all follows suit. It's all one big code. As I've mentioned previously, death comes at the end of Sagittarius. The firmament of Sagittarius, Capricorn, and Gemini Cancer are opposing signs. So let's take a sentence which I wrote, okay? I came up with this, which sounds like it could be in the Bible, but isn't. If I say to you the rulers were divided between war and love, it split the land in half. You could read that as a literal translation. Or the ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who's the goddess of love. There is your war and love. If you connect it like I did at this, at this picture on the left, it literally splits the zodiac in half. See how it's a metaphor? You see how it works that way? You can read it on the surface level, and it makes sense one way, but here it's, it's got underpinnings. And it has a totally different meaning there, too. Yeah. That's how this, is, that's how this works. There's one meaning if you read it on the surface level, but another one if you follow, and it follows pattern. Matthew 14, 17, and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. The bread is Virgo, the wheat stalk, and the fish are the two fish Pisces. They're opposing signs in the Zodiac. Also, Pisces is the two fish, which is why Jesus fed the masses with two fish. Okay. Then here's the cross I was telling you. This is what it looks like when you, um, when you cross um, the solstices and equinox. We were just in Virgo, and now next is Libra, which is law and wine, remember? So what, what stories does Jesus give us now? 
because now that we're in Libra, the story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. As you can see now how the point, how these are encoded and put plain in sight. Then next is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. So we were just in Libra, and then the next sign over is Scorpio, and then the next sign over is Sagittarius. What's in Sagittarius? Sagittarius? Yeah. That's uh, that's the death, right? That's the, the death. The winner. Here's where Jesus is crucified on the cross. Yeah. And then the next one is Jesus on the cross. Okay? So that is the book of Matthew. Now, do you see how line by line it's just encoded astrology? That's crazy. That is just, yeah. The way, and, and now you can look at it totally different. I'm going to go back and read it just based on that and, and see the interpretation because it's totally different. It has a, it has a whole different meaning to it. Yep. So let's keep going. This stuff that I'm about to show you, this is the new stuff, okay? I'm excited, man. All right, here we go. Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments, and when he comes down, he sees them worshiping a golden calf. The sun is the gold, and the calf is the bull or Taurus. They were worshiping the sun in Taurus, whereas they are the Jews, the people of Aries. So he breaks the commandments, becoming the first lawbreaker because he broke the law. So he slams the tablets down and becomes the first lawbreaker. Okay. The ancient Egyptians used to worship the sun in Taurus. Hieroglyphs of the bull. With, hold on. Hieroglyphs with the bull. Of the bull with the sun between its horns. You see that on the left, right? The bull yep. with the sun between its horns. The Jews are the people of Aries. This is why they blow the ram's horn. To the sky on the holidays. And the Christians... They're the people of Pisces. This is why they have the Jesus fish as shown below. This is also why Jesus is able to feed the masses with two fish. The two fish are Pisces. Okay. Now, if you look at the picture on the left, this is the vesica Pisces. Okay. The Jesus fish. That's what it's called. It's called the vesica Pisces. John 21. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged them out ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. 153 fish. You know what the, the the mathematical equation for the Vestica Pisces is? I do not. It's 247 over 153. 153. The ancients knew this. The ancients knew the ancient math and the science, and they encoded it. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. One. No, Genesis 32.30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I've seen God face to face in my life is preserved. On the left, this is the eye of Horus. On the right is a sagittal cut of the brain. Okay, where it says number seven up here, this eyebrow ridge, this is the corpus callosum. Right here in the middle, it looks like a nipple. Okay, that's the pineal gland. Okay, when he named the place Peniel, he's talking about pineal. For he saw God face to face and his life was preserved. The pineal gland is what releases DMT that allows you to dream and reach other dimensions. Now, in many Buddhist traditions, 49 days is the total mourning period with prayers conducted every seven days across seven weeks. These Buddhists believe that rebirth takes place within 49 days after death. And it just so happens that we recently found out that the pineal gland becomes visible on the 49th day of gestation. What? Really? So the, ancients so knew, the ancients knew what they were talking about. 
So they knew that now this a, a baby was f- 49 days in, developed a pineal gland. That is mind-blowing. Wow. Now you wonder, how did they know that? They had they lost science that we don't have anymore. Now, if I show you the next picture, this is an overhead view of Solomon's Temple. Okay? Do you see anything interesting about it? It has the two pillars. Yaquin and Boaz. Uh... Let me help you a little bit. It's an overhead view. It's a view of Solomon's temple from above. It's important to note that Solomon is not a name of a person. It's a combination of three words for the sun. Sol, or sun in Latin, Om, Om is the sun in Buddhism, and An was the city of light Heliopolis in Greece. The city of light was known as An. This is why when you go into a bedroom, you turn the lights on to become illuminated. Okay? That's where the word comes from. Okay? This was created using sex magic. Yakim and Boaz represent the testicles. This is an overhead view. The porch is the base, the holy place is the shaft, and the holy of holies is the head. Wow. The arc where the whole of the penis where the DNA information is stored, the Torah stored. The storage chambers represents the female womb, and the two entrances represent the fallopian tubes where the eggs come down. This is just sex magic. This is just the temple was built was built to be an overhead view of a penis and a vagina. Damn. <laughs> That's mind blowing. Because I've been doing some some research into Solomon's Temple because there's something about that that just doesn't seem right. Wow, that this is this is mind blowing stuff here. Mm-hmm. Now, Roman Catholic Catechism two one one six: All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums, all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. So now, if there's such obvious, well, not obvious, but if you did, you see that there's, there's astrology in the Bible. There's more than just a little. Why would the Catholic Church go out and tell you that it's evil? Surely someone there must know what they really mean. And, and they're, yeah, they're just trying to hide it from you, right? Because if, if you can decipher both the literal and the metaphorical translation, it kind of takes their power away. Yep. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's what this is. That's why most people, I mean, I, I think the Roman Catholic Church is just the opposite of what it's intended to be. It seems like it's just a, it's yeah. just a power grab, basically. And, and that's where all, all this, a lot of this evil comes from and a lot of power. You know, the old ancient Italian shipping companies and every, the, the ancient Italian There's families. an old pope. I forget which pope it was, there's an old pope, who's, it's, it was about six, seven hundred years ago, said, the fable of Jesus has been quite profitable for us. True story. Now, how does this apply to modern day stuff? Okay. The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix is the story of Christ and the Son, a flaming form of life that dies and rises from its ashes. 
Jesus was the son who died for three days and came back to life. That's why the Phoenix is the suns. What about the women's team? They're the Mercury. Mercury is the ruling planet of Virgo, the only woman sign. So how else are things encoded in life and entertainment? Here we go. Face off. The John Travolta, Nicolas Cage movie. Nicolas Cage's character is Castor Troy. His brother was Pollux Troy. Those are Gemini. What about Travolta? His name was Sean Archer. Well, the Archer is Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Yeah. Okay. Those are opposing signs. So you see how they're still encoding this in modern day? Yep. Oh, man. This is... Now yeah. the next one. Do you remember this song? Oh, Zombie, yeah. Do you remember this song from the Cranberry? That was so huge in the, the 90s. Yep. But look at this. She's pink and gold. Okay. Like the sun and her hairdressing represents the rays of the sun. Okay. But am I stretching? Nope. Here's the sun on the cross. And there's Sagittarius. All those little Sagittarius that shoot the sun on the cross. Damn, I never okay. even noticed this that. This is embedded that. into music videos. Yep. This is what this is. It's all astrology. So I'm on Amazon, into the rabbit hole, beneath the veil is the first book. Okay? I put my email up here a couple of times, into the rabbit hole series at gmail.com. If you don't want to get them through Amazon, get them through me. Just email me and I'll ship them to you direct. I'll sign them and I'll ship them to you direct. Um, I sell hundreds of copies from my house. I'm on Twitter. Amazon, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, I'm Real Mr. Dank. On Facebook and Instagram, I'm Mike Dank. Just reach out to me. Let me know what you think of this presentation. You know, I have five books out right now. This is just the first book. This is what it looks like. I would suggest everyone to just pick up the first book. If you don't like it, then don't continue. But you will. Because this is the kind of stuff that I talk about. And I go deeper into conspiracies, fringe medicine, fringe sciences, occult information, hidden stuff, and I wrap them up into a story. So that's the presentation, my friend. Damn, that was great, Micah. Thank you. And, and, and one of the things on your book, it is great fiction, nonfiction, because you, you, you yeah. put a lot of truth in there using fictional characters, which, you know, right. makes it even more interesting and, and keeps you under the radar, right? You, you're not, your head's not out there saying, yeah. hey, this is, this is what it is. And, you know, you end up just putting a big bullseye on your back. But by saying it's fiction, now all of a sudden it's just a story. But what I've noticed in your stories is there's a ton of, of truth in them. Right. No, but that's great, man. I, I, I like, I like the additions you made to it too, showing how it, it applies to entertainment and everyday life also, because that's one of the things I'm noticing going through this is, and one of the things I'm trying to get better at is symbolism. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's deep into it and, and he, he's the one who got me into the, the Solomon's temple, starting to look into that. And now you got me on a whole different angle with that approach that whole penis vagina thing, man, that's sex like, magic. It's, it's yeah. sex magic. Think of all the sex. Think of all the sex and fertility cults that they had back in the day. Yep. You know, they like to say that the Jews were the first monotheistic people. That's bullshit. They found fertility gods buried around the time during the time of the old Testament. Yep. Okay. That's nonsense. Yeah. And then you get into the castle so, and that's a whole different animal, you know? And, and yeah, this is, 
man, this is mind blowing. I, I, I really appreciate it, man. This is, this has been some good stuff here. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, that, I appreciate and, it. And the sun's thing too, because I, I never, I never looked at Jesus as the Phoenix before, but that makes total sense. You know, he, he right. rises from the ashes and all that. And wow. So there's, there's something in the Vatican. Okay. Um, the pineal gland is called the pineal gland because it looks like a pine cone. Okay. That's where it comes from. The pine. Okay. The Vatican has uh, something called the court of the pine cone. Yeah, it's like the world's largest pine cone, thin. right? It's two. It's a large pine cone, and then there's two small staffs on a pine cone surrounded by two phoenixes. The Pope's staff has a pine cone on it. Yep. Okay, everybody knows about this. They just—it's hidden. It's a cult. Nobody. And a cult doesn't mean evil. It doesn't mean satanic. A cult literally just means hidden. That's hidden. what the word means. It means hidden. Yep. That's all a cult means. Well, and, so. and they play they play word magic with that too, right? Because you you hear occult and you think a cult. So that that that's interesting how they did that with that word because in reality, like you said, it just means hidden. It's just hidden knowledge, occult knowledge. It's not it's not evil. Mm-hmm. It's not satanic. It's it's hidden. And and by making it sound like a cult, you automatically think, oh, that's got to be devil worship or that's, you know, brainwashing and mm-hmm. all that. And in reality, no, mm-hmm. it's just knowledge that wasn't meant to be known by everyone, but a select few or those who were able to understand it. Right. Whew. That was, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Now with the astrotheology, when you dig into it more and, and I, I'm just basic basic on it. I've seen what you've done and, and a couple other guys like David Matheson's another one who does a lot with astro, astro theology. And one of the things that, you know, you start seeing is that it's everywhere, you know, it's in all sorts of symbolism across the board. And you did a great job showing it here that it's not only in the Bible, it's in, they, it's used in, in today's advertising logos, sigils, things like that also. And it, it, it all has power, I think. I mean, I don't know what you think about it, but. So I actually have to hop off because I can do the show. Excellent, man. Hey, I, I, Micah, I appreciate your time. Um, everyone, uh, you want to give everyone your uh, contact info again? Yeah, sure. Um, into the rabbit hole series at gmail.com if you're interested in getting signed copies. Amazon.com into the rabbit hole series. The first five are out. The sixth is coming out in three weeks. Okay. The sixth and final book is coming out in three weeks. And um, I'm on Twitter at real Mr. Dank, Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. And that's about it. Excellent. Micah, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. That was, that was great. I really like that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the people that listen to it and watch it will too. And, and, Excellent. And I can't wait for your new book, man. Like I said, I'm going to be one of the first in line to come get it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, you have a great night. And and again, thank you for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks, man. Thanks, Matt. Is there a secret history of the United States intentionally hidden by the mainstream media? 
Could there be a secret society of fat money businessmen whose agenda has been the cause of every major war and economic depression? Is there a shadowy elite gently pulling the strings of our world to bring about their own self-serving political program? The answers may surprise you. The creation of the Federal Reserve System was about more than just money. Some refer to it as the secret birth of a criminal conspiracy to rob the American middle class of its hard-earned wealth. Others believe it to be part of an attempt to bring the world under the control of a shadowy international elite that calls itself the New World Order.